Friday's podcast. I'm your host OJ with my co-host Archie. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Archia. Today we have a special episode, um, and it is featuring a brand new book release. So you guys better watch out and make sure you pick up a copy. But you know, we're before we get into the nitty gritty about that, I'd like to share a little bit about how we got to interview our guest, Paul Basera. Um, I met Paul through. Um, subtle Filipino traits for all of you guys on Facebook there. As we know, lots of things go down in subtle Filipino traits. Please let us in the group. <laughs> subtle Filipino traits has become a bit of a dumpster fire sometimes with all of the toxic stuff that's in there. Someone will say something and then, you know, it becomes a complete bloodbath. So how I met Paul was he had posted celebrating Olivia Rodrigo's number one single, on the Billboard charts. And if you guys don't know already, she is half Filipina and she has um, articulated that she is Filipina and she has a Filipina side. So where things kind of went sideways is in the comments. You guys already know it goes down in the comments section. (laughs) Now, what happened? Well, there's one side that's like, no, we don't accept her. You can't celebrate someone like her. She's half Filipino. Like it should be like pure Filipino. How dare you? And then there's the other side who is like, no, yes, let's celebrate her because she represents Filipinos. Even though she's half, it's always, you know, that is always a point of contention for many people. What are your thoughts about that, OJ? I mean, this goes with the, you know, this goes with the whole beauty pageant things too, but it's, yeah. uh, I was just going to say that, man. First of all, for anybody that follows um, the artistas in the Philippines and all the movies and stuff, I would say like 80% of them are halfers or half. And the top ones, they're, they're for sure mestizo. And all the very popular ones that are in the States, like Bruno Mars, Enrique Iglesias, some people don't know he's Filipino. Um, they're all half, man. Like, and we all celebrate them. So why can't we celebrate this girl? And, and she's she's really cute. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a, the, the, she's really cute. So I, I, we should just celebrate anyone that's Filipino. I, I've always felt that way because ever since I was young, I've always tried to look for like Filipino representation in like the popular scene, whether it was acting or uh, maybe a politician or a a famous businessman. And more times often is they're half. So why not just let them in? And And especially if they identify themselves as Filipino and you can feel that they're proud to be Filipino. Well, what what more what more do you want, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, we all need to band together here, and in one way or another, we've all been mixed up in our ancestors. Come on, right? Don't tell me that you know one hundred percent for sure that you are as pure as it could get. It's Filipino because back in the olden days, man, we mixed up 
everybody, right? Whether it's Chinese or Malay, Austronesian, Indonesian, like in this day and age, let's just take away that mindset. So what I really appreciated about what Paul did was not only to celebrate, you know, Filipino talent, but really to encourage productive conversations regarding our culture and to continue to show up for our representation. And um, you can really clearly see that when you check out his YouTube channel. Now, if you guys did not know, Paul is also the Asian theory on YouTube. So he has quite a huge following and he has some like 130,000 followers, subscribers. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And he has some really great topics there, you know, talking about Filipinos, um, beauty standards. Uh, Archia, you know, tell us about what you found interesting regarding some of the things that um, Paul discussed on his YouTube channel when it comes to Filipino culture. Well, one of the things that he talked about that we also have t- covered on our podcast is uh, Filipino beauty standards. He goes into very into depth about what kind of products are used and what differences there are between, like, for example, what Miss Universe looks like to Filipinos compared to the actual, like, indigenous Filipino who's dark, very dark, much darker than whatever Miss Universe is. But she's beautiful. They are beautiful. You know, it's not the representation Philippines deserves. It deserves like the true dark skin, wide nose type of Filipina. You know, put that melanin in there. We don't need this, this the pond stuff, man. We don't need that. We don't need ponds. We don't need papaya soap. Stop. <laughs> Um, what else? Oh, yeah. Are Filipinos Asian, Hispanic or Pacific Islander? Now, one of the um, videos that really stood out for me that he had done was about Pinoy baiting. <laughs> now, if you don't know what Pinoy baiting is, that is the exploitation of Filipino culture for content or clickbait. Now, come on, let's dig deep. OJ, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> Oh my god, man. Well, Pinoy baiting exists, but you need to know who's genuine and who's not. Like, there's uh, many backpackers in the Philippines that like genuinely love the Filipino culture and they, they, they film everything and they, they speak the language. Like, do you, do you follow a guy named Becoming Filipino? So about this white guy who travels like around Cebu with a, with a bandana and he speaks like Cali- Yeah, he's from here, man. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's Canadian. He, I think he's where? originally from Calgary and I think uh, he moved to Vancouver at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like those guys, they're real. And... Pusang Pinoy, as he says. Appear. Super appear. You know, there's... Yeah, and that Syrian guy, there's a there's also this really big Syrian guy. And again, that comes with like Pinoy's being in awe of a foreigner. That global validation, man. Uh, you know, I mentioned the global validation to my to my parents and they're like, No, that's not true. Do you do you, as I, I said, Pops, do you, do you believe in do you think that Filipinos are into global validation? No. But I should have said to him, uh yes, yes. Yes, they are. Because I showed him a video of this uh, Algerian guy who's married to a Filipino. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Algerians don't speak English. This is not 90 Day no, Fiance, no, no, no. right? No, no, no. No, no, no. So, so the- None of that Ed and Rose oh stuff. Oh, my God. I like the view. You're my view. Sorry. Okay, carry on. But this Algerian guy, you know, Algerians don't speak English and they don't, they're not good, right? But this guy, he... He spoke clean Tagalog and he has he's married with a daughter. The daughter's half and she speaks Tagalog as well. My pops was like and my pops with his mouth open, like in awe. And I'm like, they just don't know. They don't know that they're doing that. Anything that's a foreigner, anything that's foreign and it's Filipino, they'll they'll buy into it. Like Hey Joe Show, remember the Mormons? Yeah, well, they were actually in the Pinoy beating episode that um, that Paul featured. Uh, they, along with them, was Jessica Lee, who is a former idol, and um, you know who talks about and shares about Filipino culture. And really, um, with you touching on the Hey Joe Show, they actually address like quote white saviorism. And they do try to make jokes at their expense, at their own expense, because people have educated them and have told them that, hey, perhaps maybe what you're doing is exploiting our culture. You guys need to, you know, um, look at it in a different angle. So, yeah, like they they were actually they were being held accountable for the type of content they were producing on YouTube in regards to Filipino culture. Yeah, well, uh, I follow Jessica Lee um, and other YouTubers that are like in that same level. You know, they're foreigners; they live in the Philippines. And in the case of Hey Joe Show, you know, they, they were there on a mission, right? Their their goal is not to their goal is to bring people into their religion, right? To like convert and all of that. It wasn't necessarily to change like to impress the filipinos and besides they spoke they sang the song in bisaya right yeah they learned it because they were there for like a couple years so they definitely and they still still speak it today Mm -hmm. like really well so kudos to them for even learning the the language but in some pinoy baiting uh videos you can tell that they're pinoy baiting because they're not really into, you can feel that they're not really into the culture and the titles, the, the clickbaits are always the same, like insane mega mall, all amazing white beaches in Palawan, or is this how you travel? Like, is this how you travel Manila? Like, it's always that same title that like, oh my God. This, this foreigners in the Philippines, I have to click on that. There's this video, I forgot who it was, but I'm sure you guys out there know, and I hate it. There's this guy who tries to like get like Filipino street food for free or something. Like he's trying to test Filipinos' kindness and hospitality. And so um, I believe Paul mentioned it a little bit, but um, or he talked about it at one point. But yeah, there's this guy who you know, would go up to these street food vendors and just tell them. And because he's using his, you know, he's using his presence as a foreigner to be like, hey, I don't have any money. Do you think you can give me some fish balls or give me whatever? And he was trying to really test like how far and obviously all the Filipinos gave in and they're they're more than happy to show you some kindness, even though this guy totally probably had the means to be able to like pay for those. But he was just really, you know, but the way that he explains it is he's showcasing Filipino warmth 
and hospitality and kindness. But, uh, you know, if you're Filipino, it's like, dude, you're totally ripping stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. If I, you know, like I like that person could barely like they are making they are selling street food to make money for what they can feed their family for that day. And, you know, maybe you had good intentions in saying like uh, in identifying or sh- highlighting how Filipinos are so generous and kind, right? That's what Anthony Bourdain said, but, you know, it was definitely exploitative for him to <laughs> go to these um, street food vendors just to see and test how their kindness is. is. Heck, I would encourage him, man, go to those corporations, those San Miguel's, those Ayala's, then ask them if they would be kind to you. Then, you know, I'll give you that. (laughs) But not these like daily, daily wage earners who earn just enough just to feed their family. So anyways, yeah, I forgot his name, but you guys know the video is I saw it. I watched it once. It it's like floating around Facebook. So it's just, yeah, not a good look that he went off and did that in my own personal opinion. And like what um, what Jessica Lee said and what Paul has echoed is, you know, for you guys to identify what is Pinoy baiting, really watch it from an informed lens. You know, see, yeah, see if there's a genuine mindset to learn about our culture deeply and our culture. You know, we're not. We're not saying it has to be gate kept or nobody else can share a culture. It's because they appreciate our culture that even more so they want to talk about it. Right. But be very critical and see, you know, if they are exploiting our culture or if they are really highlighting it or presenting it in a caring way, in a meaningful way that really appreciates or elevates the Filipino person, right? The Filipino people. So, you know, really identify if the intentions of that YouTuber, of that vlogger, influencer is genuine. Like, is the intentions out of love or is it out of clickbait? Right. So, you know, what? in layman's terms, to sum it up, make educated decisions, educated decisions, like really pay attention to what the message of the video is about. Get a feeling of what their intentions are. See if they're genuine. And you can tell most of the time, like it's not just especially like Jessica Lee, she, she lived there for like 15 years. Make sure it's authentic guys, right? It really matters for us to uphold that in our culture, in terms of our representation, that whoever is out there who's acting as a mouthpiece is very authentic, is very loving, and lastly, very genuine about what it means to share Filipino culture. Um, so with that said, do you have any other thoughts before we introduce our guest, OJ? I wasn't there doing this interview, but I want to say that when you dive into the rabbit hole on YouTube and stuff, I watched his video when it first came out a couple years ago. And when I found out that he was a guest on our show, I went back to visit and that video was, has millions of views. And that video is one of the most informative videos I've seen about Filipinos and trying to like discover where we fit in the realm of like, you know, maybe Pacific Islanders, Latinos, Asians. And I want to give a big shout out to him and thank you. Yes. Without further ado, with our greatest pleasure, please welcome our special guest, Paul Becerra. 
Hi, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. So excited to have you with us. Excited to be here. Well, of course, you know, let's get the intros out of the way. Please tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and uh, tell us about this new exciting thing that you just launched recently. (laughs) All right. So... My name is Paul Becerra. Um, I'm one of the two people who run the YouTube channel called The Asian Theory. Uh, the other is my brother. He also runs it with me. And yeah, we've been running this YouTube channel for about two years now. Um, in addition to running my YouTube channel, I also, work, I also work as like a videographer and a filmmaker. And I do a little bit of like acting and modeling on the side, but super small kind. And I guess recently an author. Um, yeah, just a couple weeks ago, I published a book called The Istaman, The Little Filipino Superhero. Istaman! Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Had to have the uh, superhero yell. But congratulations <laughs> on that. So exciting. Um, please tell us about the book and the concept. And um, uh, you mentioned, I think, before that it was kind of two years in, um, in, in terms of, I guess, progress. In the making. Yeah. Yeah. In the making. Two years in the making. So yeah, please take the floor. Yeah. So that's the book, The Little Filipino Superhero, Man, And basically what it's about, it's about a little Filipino superhero whose village gets attacked by these monsters. And, you know, through hard work and never giving up, he defeats the monsters that attacked his village. And yeah, so it's basically a message about never giving up, giving it your best. And, you know, if you believe in yourself, then you can do it. And that's the basic message of this book. And basically the message that I want to teach to not just Filipino little kids or Asian little kids, but anyone who picks up the book. And um, yeah, I guess the story behind uh, this book is, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of superheroes. Like I'm a big Marvel nerd, big DC nerd. Um, and so I, I love superheroes. And, you know, growing up, growing up Filipino in America, I never really saw a ton of Asians on like in like movies and television in books in whatever type of media, uh, let alone Filipino, you know, Filipinos. And so I wanted to create something, you know, for little Filipino kids and little Asian kids to look up to. And that's how I came up with the story for is the man. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically it. Cause you know, at least for me, representation is really important. So I just wanted to provide it's amazing that small little representation for Filipinos and Asians. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, I have been personally myself, I've been trying to collect like foundational Filipino children's books. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, I got a copy of your book, yay. And oh, did you? Yes. And I hope you like it. I re- highly recommend 10 out of 10, y'all. <laughs> you should definitely grab a coffee, copy. Thank you so much. And what I loved about your um, your book is that there's like, so for, let's say you were born in the diaspora and especially, you know, as a young kid, um, when you go to the library, there's not very many um, books that they can reach really quickly, you know, that they can mm-hmm. understand resonates with their um, culture, ethnicity. And, you know, mm-hmm. I can imagine like giving this to my little cousin 
And then he can get a good sense of what the first, what the Philippines looks like, right? Um, uh, you know, he, he can learn about the regions like the Chocolate Hills that's mentioned. That's kind of the area. Yeah. Um, the national fish is in there. The national <laughs> fish in the Philippines. I love it. I was like, oh, he didn't pick the lapia. He didn't pick anything else. But it, it, it I'm not going to spoil it, but you guys will, will, um, will know <laughs> when you when you read the book. And then, and also, um, it gets into Filipino um, folklore and mythology. And Just I, a little bit, yeah. And I love that because, like, right away, there's like a foundational um, education about you know Filipino culture from your book, and so. Everybody grab a copy, highly recommend, you know, if you like, you don't have to be a child, like even as other people who are now starting to look more into their culture or their heritage, it's always a good place to start. And so, yeah, your book was fantastic. Like I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you. And, well, thank you. Thank you for the kind mm -hmm. words. And, you know, also it's a nice warm feeling seeing a brown face on there. Like, come on. <laughs> You know, seeing him like, oh, hey, like his color is just like me. Like, you know, uh, it's amazing. Exactly. And I hope it becomes, you know, uh, I wish you many more success with the book. And um, yeah, we never know. Could be a cartoon one day. That would be cool. eh? So that, that would yeah, be hopefully. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have any plans to release more like children's stories? Um, Yeah, actually, if uh, Istaman is successful, there will definitely be a sequel and maybe some spinoff series. But I, I don't have anything written right now, but I have like a general idea of what I want to do it about. Mm -hmm. So hopefully coming soon if this book is successful. <laughs> so buy a copy if you guys want to see a sequel. <laughs> Let's make it happen, y'all. For sure. Support Paul. Make him, force him to make a Paul Becerra universe. <laughs> the Paul Becerra universe. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Marvel universe. I don't know the what to Paul call Becerra it. The Extended Universe. There you go. <laughs> that would be so cool. And then after like ten years, all the all the main characters from my stories they all come together to fight like one big monster. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna manifest it now. No pressure. <laughs> that would be cool. No pressure for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, so. I wanted, to, so you spoke about, uh, you wanted there to be a representation of somebody who's like you or Asians in general. Um, so I just wanted to ask kind of, you know, what was it like growing up? Obviously, uh, your channel, I, what I love about your channel, it breaks down a lot of things when it comes to the Filipino culture. Like it, it's a real, it's a deep dive. Like I love it. Like going into the rabbit hole of um, all of the context and nuances when it comes to Filipino culture. Now, you know, can you take us with what it was like growing up and did you ever, were you ever so self-aware of the fact that you were maybe the only Filipino or there wasn't that many people to relate to um, in the, you know, the kinds of things that you set out to do? Did you ever kind of experience anything like that? Um, actually, I probably don't have it as bad as most Filipinos. Mm -hmm. So I actually, um, I was born on this island called Guam, if you know where that is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's this little tiny island about like 25 miles long. And it's actually has a lot of Filipinos. I think it's, I don't remember the exact numbers, but like 40 50 percent filipino so it's actually not bad for me and then afterwards i moved to california and went to school in hawaii which all have pretty decent like filipino populations it wasn't actually until i moved to where i live now in utah where there wasn't a ton of filipinos so i mean growing up 
it wasn't bad but yeah definitely now uh there's definitely not a whole lot of filipinos here in utah probably about like five and i know them all okay not that not that little but (laughs) not a whole lot but there's filipinos (laughs) at least you know a a handful but they're there um well that's that's really great because i know um I know there are other people and some that I've encountered where they've lived in, in like, you know, really rural places where they were the only Filipinos. And it was like really mm-hmm. hard to um, to connect or relate or find anybody who's just like you. So that's fantastic that you were you were in a place where you were surrounded or there was somebody who looked like you. and There wasn't that type of kind of um, disconnection. Yeah. So I, I'm like just curious, you know, when it came to the deep dives, like what's the process um, of like going into the dissection of like, you know, culturally, linguistically, ge- geographically, when it comes to the content that you produce for Asian theory, and please feel free to segue into Asian theory here. Um, take us through the process of, you know, dissecting um, different things about Filipino culture or even, you know, pop culture where there is, um, I saw there's one where, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, Koreans and Filipinos, right? Oh, that, yeah. <laughs> um, that video that you produced. Yeah. Can you tell us, you know, take us through the process of kind of dissecting all of that um, and having it produced for YouTube? Yeah. So usually it starts with um, the idea creation of like how I come up with these, these ideas. And, you know, usually I find like a topic or subject that's like really interesting or really funny or really cool, you know, and then it's usually something that I want to share to the world. This is something that's really interesting. This is something that's really cool. And here's why. And um, so basically my my process in creating the video is explaining to the audience like you know why is this cool why is this interesting well here's why you need to know the history behind it you need to know the cultural significance behind it uh, or you need to understand uh you know the whatever significance behind it uh to understand why it's cool so that's i guess essentially why i break down everything into like you know its basics and like its history and its culture uh to the audience so they can understand just how much you know just how important this thing i'm explaining is or just how cool this thing i'm explaining is and yeah that's that's basically and i i've always been like kind of like a like a history nerd uh, I guess so it's always interesting to me to understand you know how this thing originated or what's the history behind this or what was like the historical and cultural impact this thing had on a culture um you know like uh one of the videos i did recently was you know the the filipino beauty standard and like you know what you have to do as like a filipino or how you have to look as a filipino to be beautiful and you know it was cool you know showing why the beauty standard is the way it is and how basically it evolved from like you know the filipino like colonial mentality and even the history behind that you know like uh you know workers in the farm were out in the sun all day so you know they were really dark skin whereas you know the rich people they lived in like castles or not castles but they lived in like fancy houses and they didn't have to work in the field so they had light skin which in turn you know shaped our perception of beauty you know this person has white skin, therefore, you know, they're probably an important person or the rich, which is why they have white skin. And, you know, added to that was, you know, the clo- the whole like colonial mentality. We were conquered by like Spain, uh, have heavy influence from the West. So it's like, oh, if you have lighter skin, then you're probably rich. And yeah, so it, it, 
it's important to understand the historical context as to like why this is important. I love that. And, you know, it's one thing to have to like go through hours of like reading it, but having to see the visual and having you explain it is amazing because like you could, yeah, it's like your own little like TV show or clip that you could just be educated so quickly with everything. And um, you're able to understand the concepts or the context rather um, as you're explaining it. So, you know, I, like I really enjoyed it. Part of the reason of how I got into Asian theory personally was um, when I had my startup obsession. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it definitely drew me to the um, Han Jipyong <laughs> video, and I was like, "Oh my god, this guy!" Is- wait, wait, quick mm-hmm. question: Are you Team Jipyong or Team No? I am Team Kim Suno all the way. <laughs> all the way okay all right you chose right if you chose wrong i I don't know if we could continue this uh this interview (laughs) i love it i love it um not to be biased or anything but i'm a little bit biased i love it um no and then he discovered it was like oh my god this guy is filipino and then i got even more excited so i i really really enjoy your videos um but yeah okay I'm going to, you know, we're going to go off tangent here and it's okay because this is just a fun, you know, fun episode. But like, what was the whole basis of the letters if he's not going to be the main person in the end? <laughs> I I don't know. It, see, it seems like a real big missed opportunity. Like they set up like such a, such a great like background for Jip Young and such a back, like a, such a great origin story. And they set it up so it would have like this really nice and beautiful and romantic finish but then they completely ignore that and go a completely different direction just like i, I don't know writing wise uh you know it just it didn't, didn't make sense it didn't make sense i agree with you 100 percent. i'm sure myself and lots of other you know uh lots of other fans and other um audiences were equally as enraged that it wasn't the result that we wanted yeah i mean what, what was the point of of having the audience fall in love with jip young and then just like you know cut them off yeah <laughs> it didn't make the sense Lola appeal really got to me man <laughs> Like him having a, um, I just like, um, for me with his relationships with how many, um, and forgive us everybody, you know, we're just going to take you on the ride here. You're just going to enjoy it. (laughs) Um, his relationship with how many, it was just so precious. And I just feel, I just feel like Dostan's relationship wasn't really formed. It was like, Oh, you know, when, um, you know, when she's just like being nice because it's like, Oh, Hey, like, um, uh, she doesn't have that relationship with Dosan the way that she has with Jipyong. So when she went over, <clears throat> excuse me, when she went over to him to, you know, uh, when she went over to comfort him after what happened, I'm not going to spoil it for some people. Um, it just really, it was just so meaningful for me that they had that relationship. And it's like, you know, for Dosan to go up against that and uh, like, you know, he just doesn't have the same level of relationship with how many that I feel like would have been really um, impactful for for uh, for Dalmi and Chipion getting together. But that's just me. That's just my. my no, team. Yeah. no, that it's not just you. It's like ninety percent of the people that watch Startup. Well, I love it. I know you. You know. I recently, honestly, only just got into K-dramas or, yeah, Korean shows, Korean music and all this stuff. And I know you're a huge fan and you produce a lot of uh, videos for it. And um, 
even though I know people could probably look into it, but can you tell us about what it is about the Filipinos' love for Korean dramas, Korean stories, um, Korean culture, K-pop, like just a little bit? Um, we're not going to obviously um, get into it too in depth, but yeah, can you take us through why we fall in love with the Korean culture? Um, I mean, I don't think it, there's anything like special or significant about like the Philippines. Um, I think it's the same reason why the whole world loves K-pop. You know, you got like the bright, flashy lights, the the really beautiful aesthetics, and of course, you know the super, the super poppy and like hook hooking sound. You know. And, you know, it doesn't hurt that all of the idols are incredibly attractive. And <laughs> so I think, you know, it was just something that the Filipinos maybe adopted before the rest of like the world. And so it was just like this thing that grew among the Philippines, like Filipinos and Phil like in the Philippines. Um, but I don't know if there's anything that specifically relates to Filipinos as to why we love Filipino culture. So, or I mean, sorry, why we love K-pop so much. Uh, that might actually be an interesting video. I might have to <laughs> do a video about that. Like why? Yeah, watch out for it. <laughs> why are Filipinos so in love with K-pop? But at, at least I, I'm just speaking from my experience. That's why I fell in love with K-pop, you know, the addicting dances, the crazy music uh the, the the funny outfits the beautiful outfits and just the whole aesthetic about k-pop and yeah there's just so many reasons <laughs> to name like why people would like k-pop well i wanted to ask you because what is coming up on the horizon is p-pop now there you know there are people on different sides of the coin right some are like yeah that's cool like filipino talent like if you use the k-pop formula maybe you'll see more filipino um, talent becoming global successes like the way that like bts is or blackpink is right and then there's the naysayers who are like you know this is uh, this is not filipino pride at all like we're appropriating you know what can you like what are your thoughts about that i mean music in general it any type of music that we make, it always evolves from something else. You know, like like K-pop itself draws heavy influence from, you know, like uh, African-American, like rap and hip hop culture, in addition to like, you know, Western pop culture. And, you know, K-pop itself uh, is kind of like an evolution from, from J-pop, which J-pop, you know, probably has their influence from like a lot of other stuff. And, you know, every music is always just like an evolution of something else. I mean, if P-pop is going to be an evolution of K-pop, then so be it. There's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, at least from my eyes. I don't I don't think that there's any like appropriation or like anything wrong with that, especially since, you know, K-pop borrows a lot of its elements and its origins come from like a lot of places. Um, so I think it's I think it's really cool. I mean, I would I would love to see uh, more like Filipino exposure on a global scale and if that means going through p-pop then <laughs> so be it you know and like why wouldn't we want more you know why wouldn't we want more filipino music why wouldn't we want more like good filipino music that gets recognition from the rest of the world yeah exactly people come on yeah there's um i i find you know with with uh, different facebook groups and like different online groups or forums or whatever there's always this like uh, resistance of 
the the Filipino um, kind of innovate and modernize certain aspects of our culture so that it becomes kind of universally appealing versus that hold onto Filipino pride like to a point where, you know, it's like, where is it where we can agree that by by innovating or modernizing certain, certain aspects of our culture, then we're able to actually extend it and share it with a global audience mm-hmm. rather than kind of be so territorial about what defines a Filipino, you know, culture and what it is. How, how exactly would you define Filipino music? Exactly. Like, like what, what, what is Filipino music? Just like ballads? Um, is it, <laughs> is it music that you can do tinikling to? <laughs> what, what exactly is Filipino music? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, does it have to be Tagalog? Well, no, it doesn't. Cause we obviously speak English, right? Yeah. Um, now we're, what, now we're seeing talent where there, um, you hear a music, music artists in different genres um, with different influences, whether it's like EDM or, you know, hip hop or whatever, but it's with a Filipino talent. So they may or may not have Tagalog words in it. Um, Some of them might have created music with English in it, but, you know, let's not just stick to the definition that Filipino music is OPM only or those old acoustic, like, you know, heart wrenching ballads like we like our music should be more than just that and it shouldn't just be defined by the traditional sense that we think it is like kundimans and things like that right but um but yeah there's always there's always some sort of um resistance to what defines like a filipino culture and what it should be and um and others who are trying to kind of, you know, make it more appealing for everybody just because there's Filipinos all over the world were found globally. And yet in terms of our representation in different sectors and different industries, you don't see that um, in entertainment. So, you know, part of that is, okay, well, there's people who are saying, well, it should only remain in what their idea of Filipino culture should be. But then we're now in the days and times, especially in um, the age of social media and online and internet, where, yeah, we should get more creative with sharing our culture in different uh, fashions, right? So, yeah, I was just curious on what your thoughts on that one was, but you're totally right. That is like the rhetorical question, like, what is Filipino music? Like, what is what is supposed to be considered like Filipino fashion or uh, Filipino like film. So should there even be a definition or should we all be open-minded that nowadays there's um, people who are setting out to do creative things with how to share a culture? I know what your thoughts are on that one, but I know I kind of just went off (laughs) a bit on, on, on all of these, like, well, I just encountered some experiences where people are uh, are really resistant with new changes to um, how our culture is shared, I guess. So I was just picking your brain on what you were thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm generally in the camp that like, you know, I feel like we should, we should share our culture because, you know, Filipino culture is such like a beautiful thing. And um, I, I don't know if you watched like the video I made. I made a video uh, about Pinoy baiting about and have you have you watched that video or seen or seen it? 
I didn't get a chance. Um, I've heard of Pinoy Beating, but I have not gone to watch that one yet. Yeah, so I, I made a video a couple weeks ago. How long has it been? Probably a month ago or something <laughs> about the topic of Pinoy Beating. And basically, you know, the concept is that um, it's when foreigners, you know, use like, use like our movies, our television, our TV shows, or our food or our culture, and then they react to it or, you know, they, they spotlight it and then they exaggerate the reactions in such a way where it kind of like, it kind of like boosts like Filipinos egos, like our Filipino ego and like our Filipino pride. And yeah. it's, it's kind of like the, the main criticism behind it is, you know, it relies on like the Filipinos thirst for global validation. And that's why Filipinos watch this. And that's why, you know, this video, video gets so much views because it's like exploiting like Filipino culture and it's exploiting like the Filipinos need to want to be recognized on a global scale, basically. And, um, you know, to an extent, I, you know, I believe that's true. You know, like the exploitation of any type of culture or country, you know, is wrong. You know, let me just get that out out there straight. You know, it's wrong. But, you know, I'm, I'm in the camp that, you know, I, I want our culture to be shared. You know, I believe that, yeah. you know, in the Philippines, we have a really cool culture. You know, we have lots of cool music, lots of cool movies and TV shows and, you know, customs and stuff. And I think the more people that get to experience that and enjoy that, the better. You know, I want people to love our culture. I want people to understand our culture because, um, you know, only then as like you know a global society can we grow closer together as if we understand understand each other you know that's like how a lot of conflicts and you know wars break out is because people have like a lack of understanding of like one culture to another or like one country to another and you know the more that we understand and love each other <laughs> the more that we're going to grow closer together and you know the more that we're going to be united as like a human population i guess that was very well said. That was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. You guys listen up. You hear that? You better take Paul's words to heart. All right. <laughs> like, let's just all be united in just sharing our culture in a positive way. And, you know, and be more open minded with how people share our culture. But of course, respectfully, without, you know, any type of exploitation or appropriation or anything like that. Um, that way we are. Uh, able to grow closer together as a global community. So um, in different parts of like one of the questions that we pose on our show is, you know, can Filipinos ever get on the same page to get along um, long enough so that they could be behind this one um intention to be united on something and then a lot of where it breaks down for some organizations or groups is that they can't get to the same you know understanding and so i guess what we need to do you know you know as people as filipinos is really just try to um practice more compassion and understanding and um learning more about each other and each other's insights and perspectives and then finding a way to come together that way we're able to share our culture and extend our culture to the global community that could really appreciate what we have to share right so yeah man filipinos there's so many of us 
And a lot of us um, have so much work to do. And part of that validation I know has come down from generations of learned conditions, right? Of learned mentalities. So um, a lot of us have a lot of work on our hands um, when it comes to learning more about our culture and understanding what happened in order to develop, you know, critical thinking and, and um, healthy conversations like this, <laughs> where um, we can come, like we may not be in agreement with each other on some things, but agree to be united in sharing your culture. I don't know if you agree with that, but yeah. Mm. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I know we, we spoke briefly about it um, off screen, but um, we mentioned uh, talking about, or we were, we were talking about the, the Filipino like crab mentality. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember <laughs> that. Um, it's kind of like how, you know, whenever Filipinos see like another Filipino that gets really big or successful or rich, you know, our first instinct, instead of, you know, being happy for this person and sp- instead of like praising this person and giving them like support, our, our first instinct is to like try and drag this person down uh, or, you know, the whole like crab mentality is, you know, crabs will try to drag other crabs down so no one gets to the top. And you know, essentially that's like sometimes the mentality of some Filipinos. Um, and, uh, it's, it's kind of like a toxic culture. Cause like, you know, it, in order for, you know, yourself to be elevated or in order for yourself to be rich or successful, you don't need to bring down other people that are also rich and successful. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, let's um, let's deep dive into that a little bit. Like just in general, like there's certain toxic things, of course, found in the Filipino culture, right? Mm-hmm. Like what type of message do you want to share with the listeners and how to overcome those um, negative toxic traits that one may have or may, one may need to unlearn? Like what kind of message would you like to share with them? Yeah, like we should we should you know, do our best to be supportive and happy for our, you know, fellow countrymen and our fellow Filipinos. Like if you see someone or a friend that's doing well in life or, you know, having success in their life, we should give them our support and we should be happy for them instead of trying to tear someone down, instead of, you know, trying to bring them down to our level. Because I know um, it's a it's a really like popular thing to do, Uh, uh, you know, chismis. You know, try to, to try to bring each other down, uh, try to ruin each other's image. And I honestly don't know why we do that. Um, you know, that whole crab mentality is a really toxic trait. Uh, you know, instead of instead of bringing each other down, how you know, how much can we rise as a society and a, as a country if we're all lifting each other up? You know, how much more can we elevate each other if we have the support of, you know, our 90 million other countrymen? Exactly. You know, I can only imagine that we would progress so much further as a society and so much further as a country if we have the support of other people. But, you know, if everyone's trying to knock each other down and trying to bring each other back down to the bottom of the bucket, um, I can only imagine that progress is going to go very slow. <laughs> so I agree with you yeah, 100%. I mean, be, be happy for, for your other like Filipinos, be, be supportive of them. And I guess generally it just comes from, uh, I, I mean, everything just originates from, for, from your love of other people, you know? 
instead of creating hate for other people, why not just, you know, share the love, I guess. That's so cheesy to say it, but. <laughs> no, I mean, that's as true as it gets, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know how, how, clear, how much more clear I can get than that. Um, <laughs> Because like, you know, like in this world, especially on the internet, it's, it's already like such like a negative and like crappy place, you know, and depression is on a rise. Um, FOMO is on a rise. Uh, like if there's so much like negativity in the world, like why do you choose to add to that already? No, that's fantastic. I agree with you hundred percent. We need a little bit more love, everybody. Come on, right? Love your fellow Filipino. It's hard enough to not even be represented out there in the world on a mainstream global global stage, even more so when you try to tear each other down. I think, you know, if, or like when someone wins like money, Pacquiao, we all win. So, (laughs) so let's like, let's, um, aim to be more supportive of each other. Um, definitely share that love, um, and cultivate this loving community. We have it in us. Like there's that concept of kapwa, that interconnectedness, that bayanihan spirit. We have it in us. But, you know, it's always kind of that ego slash Filipino pride that kind of gets in the way. And then when heavy emotions are there or people get envious or ingit, right, then like the crab mentality mode is activated. (laughs) And, um, And then, yeah, you don't see any progress happening, just like what you said. So... You know, what to take away from this, everyone, you know, just show a little bit more love for each other and just have more understanding with where the other person's coming from and just practice being more empathetic and compassion for your fellow Filipino, right? Your Kapwang Filipino. Um, that's, I know we've only really known each other a short time, but I've always enjoyed having such a good, meaningful, hearty conversation with you because, you know, we can... Like the the type of insight that you provide really comes from like a mature, thoughtful way. And, you know, it's from a lens where it's not either a, a Filipino from the diaspora or a Filipino who came from like the Philippines. It's just really a, an objective like, hey, everybody, let's kind of make this make sense. <laughs> so I've always enjoyed kind of just, you know, throwing thoughts or conversations back and forth with you. Um, and that's something just personally I've really appreciated. So thank you for that. And Well, thank you. Well, I appreciate having mature conversations with you as well. <laughs> yeah, I think like that's we need. I think in general, that's what uh, people need to learn a little bit more. Just be more, you know, be more of a critical thinker, be a little bit more <laughs> logical and just take the Filipino emotion out of it, you know, for a little bit and actually just try to understand what's going on before kind of reacting. But Filipinos, man, they they think with their heart too fast that, um, yeah, it's more reactive rather than just, you know, having conversations like these where it's just healthy and just meaningful. Anyways, so before, um, you know, I kind of wrap up here, um, Mm -hmm. tell us what's next for Asian theory. What's next for Paul? Like, what is there to look forward to that you can share (laughs) for everybody to look forward to? Um, So with my YouTube channel specifically, obviously, there'll be more videos about K-pop and Filipino culture coming up soon. But uh, my most or actually my next video, my next video, my brother is actually doing, going to be releasing a video before me, but he's going to be releasing a video about Attack on Titan because we really like the show. Like, I don't want to exaggerate or anything, but I'm pretty sure that Attack on Titan is the best anime ever made. Not not that I'm biased or anything, but <laughs> I feel strongly about that. 
just putting it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's going to be our next immediate video is basically, you know, why this last season of Attack on Titan is so good. Uh, if you actually go on IMDb and you look up like the top 10 episodes of TV history, any TV show ever made, like um, three of the top five are Attack on Titan episodes. So wow. that, should, that should tell you enough. <laughs> yeah. That should wow. tell you enough. But yeah, for the next video that I'm doing, um, if you know, this weekend, uh, the movie uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is actually coming out, which is, you know, the first like major movie that's going to be about like Southeast Asian like culture and history and folklore that's going to be made by like, you know, a mainstream like Hollywood company, Disney. And so it's a pretty significant movie in that sense where, you know, finally after, you know, all these years, uh, Southeast Asian culture and history is finally getting like a movie about Southeast Asians. And so it's significant in that way. So that's what my next video is going to be about. Like Ray and the last Raya and the last, is it Ray or Raya? Yeah, I don't know either. I think I heard Raya in the, in the trailer, uh, basically like the significance of Raya and the last dragon and why it's significant for Southeast Asia. That's amazing. I'm so looking forward to that. We're doing a little watch party of our own when it comes out. Yeah. yeah just cause you know, like, I think for other uh, other people, other Filipinos, <laughs> for sure. Like, wow, like there's there's just so many things that we can resonate with. And it's like for the first time, like you said, it's pretty groundbreaking that there is a story that focuses on Southeast Asian culture and representation after all of the like decades of like Disney movies. Like, no, nope, no big deal. We just came behind cars <laughs> and toys. <laughs> Yeah. But it's here. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw shade here, but it's just, you know, when it came to stories that could have been um, represented earlier, I think, you know, the human story of other cultures could have mm -hmm. probably been thought of. But you know what? That's why it takes this growth, right? Like yeah. it, it, it takes this time for people to be more mindful of uh, really sharing the story thoughtfully. And maybe that's why it took that long. So I'm going to, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt yeah. and, and, and have some grace. But yeah, I'm excited. So I'm looking forward to your video when that yeah. comes out. And I mean, like, not, not like I, I like Kelly Marie Tran. Don't get, don't get me wrong. Um, but I really wanted to see like a Filipina as like the main character for Rain and the Last Dragon. Like <laughs> specifically Janela Salvador. <laughs> I thought she would have been perfect. Or like Catherine. <laughs> yeah. Um. Hello, Janela, Janela Salvador and her stage. And come on, if she sings in the movie. I mean, she she just looks like a Disney princess already. Like, have you seen like her music videos? They basically make her music videos to make her look like a, a Disney princess or like a Disney star from like the Disney Channel or something like that. Definitely. Um, there was a video of her. I know she was dancing with Marcus Patterson, but like she had a bow in her hair. And that's when I actually thought like, I was just like, this is like a real life princess right here, even though she's just dancing on an Instagram video like that. Like that was my yeah. first inclination when they saw her with the big bow in her hair I was like oh, you're so pretty <laughs> like this is a Disney princess oh that would be so cool yeah I just remember like watching her music videos and thinking like man she would be a good Disney princess one of these days never know and she actually uh, she actually sang the it wasn't in Tagalog but like the Filipino version of How Far I'll oh, Go in I Moana see. yeah so she sings like the official like Filipino region version of that song mm. Oh, I love her. I love her voice too. Incredibly talented as well. Yeah. 
Oh gosh. Well, never know. Maybe one day in the future. Yeah, we'll have to wait for the world to kind of catch up a little bit more to have to share a Filipino story. There's just so many like amazing things. I was like, if only Hollywood would even tap into like Filipino mythology, like back in the day with like Filipino folklore, like there's so much rich content and ideas there Mm -hmm. that they could totally showcase and, um, and share as, you know, original content as well. So maybe one day, hopefully in our lifetime, in our generation, or maybe you're going to do that for us. I don't know. I'm always pressuring you with all these wonderful things. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe I'll produce the next movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up here. Um, and what is it called? You know, we like to end things. Uh, this whole thing, this whole um, journey or experience, this whole recording has been really fun for me anyways. But we like to kind of change things up um, usually at the end. And so... If there is something that you would like to do post-COVID or a place you'd like to see post-COVID, what would that be? (laughs) Easily Japan. I So I was originally actually planning on going to Japan last year for the Olympics, but obviously it got canceled. So I still want to go on that Japan Olympics trip. Hopefully post-COVID comes soon. Oh, that would have been incredible. Yes, I agree 100%. Um, And of course, please tell our listeners where they can find you, where they can find your book. Do your thing. All right. So obviously I'm on YouTube, The Asian Theory. um, And I'm also on Instagram at Paul Becerra. And if you want to learn or find out about my book, It's the Man, the Little... Istaman, the Little Filipino Superhero. It's on Amazon. All you need to do is search Istaman. Ista means fish. And then man, obviously, is just a superhero suffix. Uh, So if you just search Ista man on Amazon, it will be one of the first results. And yeah, take a look at the book. See if you guys like it. And if you do, maybe give it a purchase. Yes, let's support Paul, everybody. Let's, you know, really boost up and show some love for our fellow Filipino. Like he just dropped his new book. So show him some love and make sure you grab a copy. So thank you so much for joining us on our show today. We had, I had a fantastic time talking to you. No, it was, it's been fun. It's a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you again, Paul, for joining us on our show and congratulations on Istaman, the little Filipino superhero. If you guys haven't picked up a copy, make sure you pick it up. Such a fantastic book, really great story with some foundational tools there. So even if you're not a kid, I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of his book. And yeah, Jay, what are your thoughts on, you know, now we got uh, a story with a Filipino superhero. What other superheroes would you like to see in the future? Oh my God. I want to, uh, oh my God, is that Seasig man? <laughs> oh my God. That's him. It's is the Sigong. The... Yeah. <laughs> he's, oh my, he's using his Patis powers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah. gosh. Hey man, the, the, the sky's the limit, guys. If you wanna, you know, if you wanna write a book on C Sigman, go for it, right? If you and wanna the, write and a the character. Angry be- and the angry villain Aswang and Moo Moo. 
<laughs> exactly. All those like stories. Um, you know, we need more and more representation of authors, Filipino authors, Filipino children's book authors. So don't be afraid if you have a story you'd like to share. If there's, you know, if you have a wild imagination and you want to put a Filipino spin to it, we highly recommend you definitely, um, yeah, put in the time and share your story. So, you know, for our, our, our Pinoy listeners out there on a real, like we need more individuals like Paul Lucero that are very, if you are passionate and caring about the Filipino culture, what he's doing should be inspiring to you. He wants to create a Filipino superhero. That's that's like never heard of. Like I've never even thought of a Filipino superhero. Who's a Filipino superhero? Like Jose Rizal? You know what I'm saying? That's not uh, like if you're into the Marvel, DC stuff, superhero stuff, you know, there's nothing wrong with creating um, Easter man. Yeah, create your own hero. Be that. your own hero, everybody. Come on. We all grew up with, you know, mainstream media. We don't see anybody who looks like us, who represents us. So go out there. Make your own hero. Be your own hero. One day, maybe Paul will have a, you know, Filipino superhero verse. I am calling you out on that. Paul, you better make a universe. <laughs> no pressure. Oh, my God. Imagine like a, like a, like every region in the philippines every province has their own superhero like yeah exactly like, yeah, ilocanos have their i don't know like pinak batman <laughs> and <laughs> and the cebuanos have because you know they're into love like uh beside beside a woman <laughs> wow and, <laughs> <So stereotypical. laughs> and then and then you know what her attack signature move will be it's one four three finger hearts you know boop, boop, boop. Yeah, finger hearts. Shooting finger hearts. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, and, and for Bicolanos, it's like anything spicy, so they'll spice your, I like a, like a, like, like flying a, peppers or something. Yeah, flying peppers. <laughs> yeah, pepper spray. <laughs> I love it. I mean, for me, I only know of two and maybe some of you guys don't even know these just because we all grew up here in the diaspora back in the motherland, man. There's so many stories about Captain Barbell and Darna, right? And so, you know, like Hollywood is missing out on some great stories with some of our well-known comic book heroes in the Philippines. And they really need to go over there and tap into the kinds of stories that we have. And hopefully Paul will be the first of many who will be able to kind of push our Filipino story forward in a very creative way. And um, yeah, Mm -hmm. as a superhero. Right. So with that said, thank you again for joining us on the show. Where can they find us, OJ? Follow us on Instagram at Filipino Fridays podcast. Um, Is it okay to mention that we had a little interview on on Kumo? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. You know, we've jumped up many 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 followers we we've increased them we've expanded our territory we're getting their baby steps baby steps by baby steps thank you for the support keep blowing up and liking our our content we do this for you we do it for us we do it for everyone everyone and everyone filipino and just you know stay tuned listen 
support. Yeah, if you guys caught us on Kumu, you guys got some of the inside scoop. Now, if you didn't catch that, well, watch out. You know, we do have bigger plans than just the podcast for Filipino Fridays. We really want to do what we can in helping our community and doing our part in elevating the Filipino presence, the Filipino community. And so please continue to support us, show us some love, send us over anybody who would be interested in collaborating, right? We always, always want to continue to expand our community and to connect with everybody who just wants to see you know, the Filipino culture in the mainstream, right? Well, OJ, with that said, please close us off. Make sure you like, follow, love our content. I'm your host, OJ, with my co-host, Archie. You already know Archie. And we'd like to also thank our partners, Potato Corner BC, for continuing to support Filipino Fridays. And also catch us on CITR 101.9 FM every Monday at 11 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Catch us again on the next one. Let's get it. Peace out. Let's get it. Let's get it.